Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today, have we got a huge treat for you. The wonderful, warm, talented, and amazingly psychic, intuitive Echo Bodine is our guest today. In addition to appearing on TV shows like Unexplained Mysteries, Sightings, or Beyond with James Von Prague, Echo has also written a dozen books like Echoes for the Soul, Hands That Heal, Relax, It's Only a Ghost, and What Happens When We Die. She also teaches numerous classes on spiritual development, living by intuition, ghost busting, psychic development, and healing classes, many of which are offered online and are fantastic resources for you guys to check out. She's a field representative for the Edgar Casey ARE and has a bi-monthly podcast with Bobby Sullivan called Intuitive Living. Echo, I just have to start by telling you that when I first started down my intuitive path, your books were my guide. So I just can't express in words what an honor it is to get a chance to speak with you today. Well, honey, that was such a nice introduction, first of all. Thank you. And, um, yeah, it's just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that. That was really nice. That was really nice. Well, we just adore you. And whenever people email me and say, help, I think I'm psychic. What do I do? I just send them your way. (laughs) I say, check out anything she's written. Start with the gift. Move from there. Good. Good. That's that's a great idea. Move from the gift. That's a really good idea. I'm excited to introduce you to anyone out there who hasn't heard of you, which uh, shocks me, but you know, they might be out there. (laughs) You're so cute. No, honey, there's plenty of people out there (laughs) that have no idea Um, what I am or who I am. So let's just have a fun time today. Well, before we hit record, you were telling us about this new book you have coming out next year called How to Live Happily Ever After Life. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if you could jump back in and continue telling us what this book is going to be about. Sure, honey. You know, whenever my brother and I do a ghost busting job, the first thing we do is, well, first we look for the ghost and then we ask them, okay, why are you here? Why don't you go to the other side? And we have found that there's six main reasons. There's lots of others, but six main reasons that they give us. Um, I mean, not each of them gives us six reasons, but all when we just kind of sat down one day and tallied it all up and said, okay, well, these guys all seem to have the same answers. And so I took those six answers and I wrote them in this book, but I did a little different twist on it. Okay, so the number one reason that we have found that ghosts slash souls won't go on to the other side is because they are afraid that God is going to send them to hell. And so in that chapter, you know, I did this whole thing about God and about hell and about our beliefs and that I I just, I'm trying to get people to be aware of their beliefs and how their beliefs are keeping them stuck. And that maybe their beliefs are coming from their parents or their grandparents or society. And to look at the beliefs and ask themselves, is this really what I believe? 
And so each, each reason I do that with them, I have them look at, okay, what is making you believe this? Or there's a chapter in there on, um, some of them have said, well, my ex-wife is over there, or my uncle Tom who abused me is over there, or uh, this one lady who committed suicide, she said, well, my parents are over there, and I'm too embarrassed to go and see them because they're going to be really mad at me for committing suicide. So it, I take it all just to the next step of, okay, let's look at this. Why are you so afraid of this person? And do you think this person's more powerful than you? Well, yeah, I believe that way. Why do you believe that way? Well, because that's what my grandma said. Oh, I see. Um, breaking down their beliefs and trying to get people to have more positive beliefs. Uh, I talk a lot about heaven and what it's really like over there. Uh, I talk about God and how cool God is, not not some of the stuff we learn from religion or we hear from religion. So it makes people more aware so that they won't end up, you know, a ghost roaming the earth plane. I talk about evil spirits. I talk about demons. I absolutely couldn't think of one more thing to say in that book. So it's a big overview. It's also like just helping people become more self-aware, honey, so that when they die, they can just simply go over to the other side and begin their new life instead of lingering here, just being stuck. So that's what it's about. I can't wait to read it. You know what? I was really encouraged to write it by spirit, really encouraged. And so I'm really hoping it does a lot of good. I think this is going to do so, so, so much good. And, and also so many more people are feeling more sensitive to energy, to spirit, mm -hmm. to spaces. And, you know, I, we, we all know that a part of our energy stays wherever we've lived or whoever else has lived in that, in that dwelling. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit, because I think a lot of times Samantha and I will both get these notes. I think there's a ghost in my house or there's a poltergeist, there's whatever, and maybe explain a bit about the difference between something that's a ghost or, or a stuck earthbound versus someone in spirit, how different that feels. You know, ghosts have an unsettling feeling about them. And, and that's because they're unsettled. They are just stuck in between the earth plane and the other side. And the astral plane is not a place that you want to hang out in. It's just... Ugh. It's got, oh, it's got so many stuck ghosts. Well, let's just say so many stuck souls. When a ghost is in our house, you know, people, it takes a while for us to kind of figure out, okay, what is this vibe in this house? Why does this house feel strange? Or why does it feel like somebody's watching me? Or what are these sounds that I'm hearing? A ghost has a cold energy to it. Somebody that's visiting us from the other side, they don't have cold energy. They have, as strange as it sounds, it's like they kind of have room temperature energy. So when a loved one is visiting, the way we know that they're visiting us is if a thought comes into our head really strong of them, that's them. They're there and they're popping in to say hi. 
Whereas a ghost, if a ghost comes and moves into your house, just has this kind of yucky, uh, kind of grayish energy to it. It's, they're so stuck. They're so, you know, stuck in being a victim, stuck in their misery. And they do, they just give off kind of a cold, unsettled energy. If anything, we all want our loved ones that are visiting us from the other side. We want, we want their energy to kind of take us over. We want to know that they're there. They come with a sense of love and they're so excited to see us. Their thoughts are positive. And so that doesn't stand out as much as a ghost's energy does. Do you understand what I'm saying? Very much so. Yeah, yes. I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah, and it's that look over your shoulder feeling versus feeling happy or emotional. Mm-hmm. This new center that I've rented, it has a couple of ghosts in it. And these guys, God, they're just obnoxious. They, the one guy, he said his name is Roger, okay? And this winter when I rented the building, I had three months to get it together for my open houses. And um, so I painted each room and I decorated and put all kinds of fun signs. And every day when I would go over there, I'd be painting away. I'd be listening to my little boom box. And all of a sudden, I feel somebody standing right behind me or somebody in the doorway. And I turn around and there's Roger just standing there watching me. And it's like, what? What do you want? And he never said a word. He just would stand there and watch me paint. You know, as much as I've been around ghosts, you would think I would not be freaked out. But it is a creepy feeling when you think you're all by yourself And all of a sudden, you can feel someone standing there staring at you. And then he's got a buddy there who's just annoying. He likes to move things. I don't know how the guy does it, but he moves tools. He moves painting things. Now that the vendors are in each of their offices, they come back and it's like things have been moved around. And uh, that's this other spirit. Their presence is definitely stronger than say if my mom comes to visit or my dad comes to visit me while I'm over there working. It's just a odd thing. And they won't cross over? Nope. They have no desire. As a matter of fact, when I talk to Roger about it, he doesn't even know what I'm talking about. And I've said to him, well, don't you see that big light? Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you go there? And he says, why would I? And I go, well, (laughs) Uh, it's heaven. And see, then he just tunes me out, just looks the other direction, tunes me out. He has never confirmed this, honey, but I would guess that he is one of these ghosts. And there's a lot of them in the astral plane that don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in God. If any, if they believe in anything, it's hell. And so that's why they just kind of shut the whole thing out and say, none of it's real. I'm just going to stay here. A lot of them in the astral plane don't believe there's anything beyond Earth. And a lot of them think that when they die, that's it. Life is over as they knew it. And so when they come out of their body, they're just shocked. They And they've said to me, I, I don't know why I'm still here. I, I don't know. I don't understand this. 
So then we start this whole thing of, okay, uh, do you believe in life after death? No. Okay, well, obviously you're still, your soul is alive. And again, they just look at me like I'm speaking a different language completely and they float away. They don't want to talk about it. They're just not ready. I, I always look at spiritual development like kindergarten through grad school. Amen, uh, honey. You know, so maybe Roger's like in kindergarten and he's not ready for the PhD in heaven. <laughs> That's right. But That's maybe right. there's a reason why you chose that center because he'll learn through creepily watching all of you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So your your book, you talked about how in the one of the main reasons ghosts won't cross over is religious fears. One of the number one questions Denise and I get from budding intuitives is their own religious fears. And so often on our Facebook page, I have posted the wonderful YouTube clip you did talking about religion and psychics. But could you go over that again for listeners who are worried? What will my family think? Am I doing the work of the devil? Will this lead me down a negative path? I know. I know. It's a tough one, man. I tell you. I mean, my mom, she was such a gifted psychic and her whole life, well, I mean, from the time we discovered our abilities uh, until she died, she was a former Catholic and she really struggled with it. And we talked about it all the time. I would say, mom, you know, I mean, I said to God when I was younger and people, friends, as I was kind of coming out of the closet and I would tell my friends, you know, I have these visions and they come true and I don't really understand what all this is. Uh, a few of my friends no longer were my friends because they said that I was working with Satan and this was evil and I was going to hell. And I'm like, what? And so what I did was at night when I go to bed, I would say to God, okay, if this is something evil, please take it away from me. I don't want it. I don't know why I even have it. And it would just get stronger. And I would think, oh my God, I, I, I was very confused uh, as a young woman. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, let's see, what age? Started all at 17. So, oh, you guys, it took a long time to come to terms with this because it seemed like whenever I told somebody about it and it would be a, a risk and I knew it was a risk, but I would always, my big fear was that I was going to lose new friends and I would slowly tell them about it, especially if I had a vision that was meant for them. I kept praying and asking God, if this is bad, please take it away. And it kept getting stronger. Then finally, oh my God, my family, we got letters from people telling us we were evil neighbors that were worried about living next door to me. I mean, it went on and on. So I just thought, I'm going to read this doggone Bible. I'm going to, I'm going to find out for myself. So I read all, I, I read, it took me almost a year to get through the whole thing, but I did see a lot about, especially in the old Testament about, oh gosh, they didn't, you know what? The word psychic is not in the original Bibles. I think in the last couple of years, some of the Bibles now have the word psychic in it, but the original ones did not. The original ones called us seers, S-E-E-R-S. -E -E and the seers, 
they were okay. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it talks a lot about the seers and the priests hung out together. The priests would get information for their sermons from the seers, from the prophets. And there was a distinction. So the prophets were okay, but the enchanters, the diviners, oh God, what all? Fortune tellers, witches. Fortune tellers, thank you, yes. They were all bad. Okay, but it also said why they were bad. And it was because people would go to them instead of go to God. And that's why religion said that people like us are bad because we are keeping people from God. We are hoping that people will look up to us and respect us and come to us for guidance, not God. And so in that sense, I understood it because, I mean, I've seen myself clients that get so addicted to readings. They keep coming back, keep coming back. And finally, at one point in my career, I said to clients, no, I, you can't keep coming back like this. You, you have to figure things out yourself. You have to connect with your own intuition, which a lot of people didn't want to hear. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to have to work at getting information about their everything. I mean, we all know that when people find out that we have psychic abilities, they come to us for everything. And I mean, you know, which apartment building should I rent? Which, uh, oh God, I mean, it, it can get crazy. So I got to the point where I said to clients, I'm only going to read you every six months. I'm not going to read you every week. No, I'm not going to answer all of your questions. Then when I got into the New Testament, wow, that was quite different. And that was all about Jesus. And in Corinthians, it talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. These are gifts that are given to us directly from God. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is called the gift of prophecy. And it also says that the, all of the gifts of the Spirit, the best one to have is the gift of prophecy because you can help people. Also, the gift of healing comes from God. That started to change things for me right there. And I thought, okay, so all these people that are coming at me claiming to be Christians, telling me that my gifts are evil and bad, and I have to pray them away. I finally had, I guess I'll say ammunition. And so when anyone said that to me, I asked them, have you, have you read Corinthians, a lot of them just look at me like, what? And I say to them, the Bible says that the gift of prophecy comes directly from God. And they don't know what to do with that. So what I say to anybody now, any of my students, and you know what, this goes on, oh my God, and it'll continue to go on. A lot of my students, that's the first night of class, I talk about the Bible. And I tell people, you need to think about this because people are going to ask you and they're going to attack you because they don't know any better. They're going to tell you that you're, you've got evil gifts and these come from Satan. And the truth is in Corinthians. These gifts come from God, which is really, I tell all of your listeners, I tell all my students, I tell everybody in all my books that these gifts 
are very special. Um, they're hard. Whew. They are difficult because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with these gifts. There's been many, many times I've thought of them as a curse rather than as a blessing, just because, you know, okay, here's an example. Last night, a friend of mine asked me, um, he's in a relationship with someone. And he said, uh, so <clears throat> where do you see my relationship going? And he's all excited. You know, he wants to marry this person. And, and I saw that the relationship was going to last five more years. And then he's going to fall in love with someone. I thought, oh, my God, I have to tell him. And I didn't want to tell him. And I know he didn't want to hear it. But I just sat here at my computer for a little bit and thought, what should I do? Should I tell him that this isn't happily ever after? And I just, again, I remembered something an old psychic said to me a long time ago, and that was, Echo, the guides don't give you information for your benefit. They give you information for the person's benefit. And so give it to him. And so I did. And he was not happy. He just wanted to know that this relationship was going to be the best relationship of his life. And they said, nope. And so it's times like that, or when someone calls and says, I have a lump and I'm going to go to the doctor, what do you think? God, it, and you see that they're full of cancer. It's like, oh my God, what, what do I do? What, what do I do here? Those are the times that I wish I couldn't see things. But, you know, every time, every time that I have to give what we would call bad information to people, I just take a big deep breath and I... I ask them, first of all, I say, okay, do you want to hear anything that I have to say about this? Or do you just hope that I'm going to say, no, you don't have cancer? And, you know, people are shocked. They're like, what? You, you mean you might tell me I have cancer? And I say, well, you know, the, the gift of uh, prophecy is about seeing clearly, seeing seeing information that isn't always what we want to hear. So yes, if I see cancer, I will tell you that I see cancer. And some people will say, okay, then never mind. I don't want to know. I just wanted you to tell me everything's going to be okay. So it's just times like that for all of us that have these gifts. When we get bad information on people or hard information on people, we have to come back and say to them, okay, now, before I even look at this, are you sure you want me to look at it? Are you ready to hear anything that might come, come through? And that is important for us because so many people just hope that we are going to tell them, no, your spouse isn't cheating on you. Yes, you are pregnant. Yes, you will get that job. Yes, you will get that raise. And the truth might be completely different. So we have to present this question to clients. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm getting. Do you want to hear it, whether it's good news or bad news? And all of us have to remember that because I've had people literally go away from me and never speak to me again because... They've asked me a question. I give them the answer and they're angry with the answer. So that's hard. 
Yeah, it is hard, honey. It is. How do you tell if you're reading their fears or their future? Do you know what I mean? Like what if you're popping to the fear that they have cancer? Yeah. You know what I do sometimes, honey, is I visualize putting up a wall between me and the client so that all of their stuff stays on that side of the wall. And then I'll ask God, okay, please help me be as clear as possible. And I'll say, uh, clear me of their fears. I mean, I, you just, we have to do that. Also, my intuition helps me with that. I just had a situation like that the other day with someone and they asked if their spouse had cancer. And so I just, I said to my intuition, okay, just clear, 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 and clear their stuff, clear my stuff. And, and I heard, yes, their spouse has uh, stage three cancer. And I thought, doggone it. But the point is, we can ask the universe, okay, clear me of their fear, clear me of my stuff, and please give me the truth of this situation. That's all we can do. You know, sometimes I remember I was on a phone. I was doing a phone reading for somebody, a man, and he had asked a whole bunch of questions. And I was looking and every question that I looked at, I got a a brick wall. And I thought, this is so strange. And so I said to him, you know, I'm getting a brick wall here. I don't know if you really want this information. And he said, no, no, I do. I'm totally open to this. I said, hmm, okay, all right, let me try this again. And, and then I saw an image of a woman and she, her whole aura was full of fear. And I thought, oh my God, what, what? And so then I said to him, okay, there's a woman here in this picture and she is full of fear. And he goes, oh, I know what that is. He says, my wife is in the kitchen and she's terrified of me getting a reading And I said, well, I got to tell you, I've never had this happen before where somebody's spouse is giving off so much fear that I can't read you. And so I kept trying and her fear was so strong that I I could not read him, which was really unfortunate because he was, he was a really sweet guy. He just needed guidance with work and um, just simple typical things, but she was terrified of it. So, uh, you know, what? something that I have found, and I don't want to make a blanket statement about this, but I guess I'm going to, is that what I have found is when a person has a spouse that is that afraid of them going to a psychic, usually that spouse is up to something. Uh, they've got something they're hiding. Uh, they well, in a lot of situations, the person is having an affair and they're afraid that I or any other psychic are going to pick up on that. There's lots of reasons why things happen the way they do, but that's what happens. And so we can ask God to make it easier for us to read what's going on there. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, My yeah. answers are always so long I'm because there's so many things you know, it isn't just a black and white statement. So there, I'm done talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm speaking with anyone, I always preface and 
maybe it's covering my own ass, I don't know. And I'll say everything that comes through this intuition, divination, psychic is subject to change in free will. Okay. And I, I think that that's a huge component of this work is that things can shift on a dime and we both know that. So a lot of people want to enter into this world. They want to start a practice. They want to, yeah. I want to, I want to do this work. And, and Samantha and I have both said to people in different classes we teach, you're going to reach a point where you're going to step over that line and it's going to become who you are, not just what you do. That's right. Yeah. And I think that it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a commitment and a responsibility Mm-hmm. to the people, but also to, to God and spirit. That's right, honey. It it's is huge. Yeah. And people do not understand that until they're, <laughs> until they're in it. And then we go, Oh my God, what have I done? You know what and, I mean? Yeah. And equally yeah. there's so much joy and so much, yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's an amazing, amazing life to be able to, to live, you know, a foot in both worlds pretty much. Yes. One of the things a lot of people that are that are listeners that are empathic are also, you know, they're starting to realize, wow, I, I am kind of intuitive. I am sensing spirit. I am. What would be some some tips or some techniques that people could get that validation for themselves that they're not making it up in their head, that they really are getting these hits? Well, what I suggest is that it's, it's so hard in the beginning, you know. What I did, what my teacher had us do was tell your friends that, okay, I've been, lately I've been getting visions or I've been getting these feelings, these intuitive feelings about things, and I would like to practice. And so can I practice with you? Would you ask me a question? And remember that I'm in training. I'm trying to figure this out. And then will you just help me know if I'm wrong or if I'm right? Or, and Because we have to learn how to work with our symbols. Uh, symbols are tricky. And, you know, our symbols... I think a lot of times our symbols are really simple. And we have a tendency to complicate the pictures a little bit, say more about them than needs to be said. At least with my students, I tell them, okay, tell your friends, tell the ones that you trust that you're trying to develop this ability and can you practice with them? You know, a lot of people, I mean, what I found is my friends thought it was really fun. But then after a while, after a while, they were like, okay, Echo, I don't want you to practice on me anymore because they were getting scared by the information or they didn't want to know the future. It's vulnerable. It, it is very vulnerable. Yeah. Yet we do have to practice because we have to learn what it feels like when we get accurate information and then what it feels like if it's, if it's just our thoughts. And unfortunately, we have to practice with people. All we can do is keep practicing and practicing and practicing Again, you know, the easy out for us also is to say, okay, I'm learning how to do this now. I, in my class, I, I had these little buttons. Well, they weren't little buttons, but they were big buttons that said psychic in training. And I gave them to all of my students. And I said, this is for your benefit and for the person's benefit. So they know that you're in training, you're learning this stuff. And also, you know, if you get it wrong, well, you can just say, I'm in training. I'm trying to learn what it feels like when I'm accurate and when I'm not accurate. 
I think that's really great advice. We always recommend practicing because psychic ability is a muscle and you need to strengthen it with practice. We sure do, honey. I want to ask you, you have a book called Things I Wish I'd Known When I Got Started, A Practical Guide to Becoming a Professional Psychic. If you could hop into a little time machine and go back to yourself when you were starting, what pieces of advice would you tell yourself? First, I'd tell myself, okay, calm down about the timing. Because back then, I was like, when the psychic said, you're going to be a famous psychic someday, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be famous. And well, I better hurry up. Well, that was stupid. And I put all this pressure on myself to develop it now. And so, okay, take your time, have other jobs. Don't look at this as your big money maker. Take your time. Don't bring a Ouija board into the house. That's a definite because there's going to be lots of souls on the astral plane that are going to want to hang out in your Ouija board. So that's not a good idea. That's not a good way to develop your psychic abilities. I know that a lot of people love tarot. I mean, I I like tarot too. I think tarot cards are amazing. But if you're relying on your tarot cards, then you're not going to develop your abilities. So put your tarot cards away while you're doing psychic readings and develop your gifts first. And then you can bring out your tarot cards and you can do both of them together. But make your gift the big lead into, you know, if you're striving to have this as a business. Really take your time, get to know your symbols, work on your own spirituality. That was really important for me also. Have you ever felt that you lost your ability at certain times in your life? You know what? Uh, Yes. When I, okay, I was a practicing alcoholic. I'm sure you know that because I mentioned that pretty much in every one of my books. And the first year that I got sober, uh, my gifts were gone. And and actually it was a blessing in disguise because it could have been, oh my God, that would, trying to learn to be sober and have psychic abilities could just Oh, God, that would just be too much. So that first year, I remember saying to God, boy, thank you for turning them off or whatever you did, because I couldn't handle all of that right now. And then it was interesting because slowly they started to come back again. And it was after my first year of sobriety that, oh, you guys, I got to tell you the story because it's really pretty cool. Um, Okay, so I'm in AA. I'm learning. I'm having all new friends, uh, learning a sober way of life. And there was this one lady and I hadn't, because my abilities were shut off, I didn't have to tell anybody. And it was great. And I loved it. We said, hey, you know, let's have dinner sometime. Okay. And so we went to this restaurant and it was uh, one of those cafeteria styles where you stand in line and get your food. So we're in this line and there is a spirit and he's standing there staring at me. And he says, you have to tell her something. And I looked at him and mentally I sent him a thought. I said, no way, go away. And he said, no, you have to tell her something. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. No, no. He followed me through the whole line. I went and sat down at the table. He sat on the third chair and said, you have to tell her something. I pretended like I didn't see him, like I couldn't hear him. And she and I are having a conversation. Then he gets up, he stands behind her. He says, you have to tell her something. I'm like, God dang it. I couldn't even look at her. I said, okay, Diane, here's the thing. I have psychic abilities and I'm looking down at the floor. I'm so nervous that she's going to pick up and run. I said, there's a spirit here. He's your spirit guide. He wants me to tell you something. And of course, she's like 
huh? So I said to him, all right, what? And he gave me three things to say to her. And I couldn't look at her. I just said these things. And then at the end, she said, oh, my God, you have no idea what you just did. And I said, uh, what? And she said, this morning, I said to God, I don't know if you're real or not, but if you're real, I want you to answer three questions for me. And those three things I said to her were the answer. And so I knew my abilities were back and I had to learn to kind of come to grips with it again. Yes, there have been times and there have been times when I'm going through something personal where the gifts will be shut off for a while, just so I can just focus on myself and getting myself back in order. So they come and they do go. That's interesting because we'll get questions you know, will alcohol, will smoking, will drugs, will my antidepressants, will this prescription, will this shut off my ability? And from listening to you, it sounds like it's more connected to your emotional state than your physical. Yes. Let me say that I'm on antidepressants myself. It's never affected my abilities. I was a practicing alcoholic. I, I, um, I was still psychic giving readings. I was doing healings on people. Of course, that was during the day when I wasn't drinking. Um, But even when I was drunk, I would see spirit. I would get messages for people. Uh, My hands would heat up. So none of those things. I know a a psychic that, oh man, he was really into cocaine, but he was a phenomenal psychic. Those things don't affect our gifts. But I also caution people because when I was heavily drinking, the spirits that I saw were not very pleasant. And they were negative. They, it wasn't a good experience. So I don't recommend getting high and trying to do readings. I don't recommend that because you don't know what you're going to attract and what you can attract. And this is particularly for people that are addicted, heavily addicted, not social drinkers, but we do attract to us spirits that were addicted also when they were alive. And it's just, it's not a good thing to have their energy around us. It's just not. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Do you still wear your mirrored pendant? I heard you talk about how you often will wear a mirrored pendant Mm -hmm. to protect your energy. Do you still do that? I do, honey. Whenever I'm around a crowd, I will always wear a mirror necklace. And it really helps me a lot, really a lot. You know, as I said in the books, Bertie, my teacher used to tell us, girls to wear mirrors in our bras facing out. And I thought, ew, that sounds terrible. So I never did it. But then one day, many, many years later, I walked into a shop and there was a necklace and it had a mirror on it. And I thought, well, hmm, I'm going to give this a try. Wow, it really made a difference because I was so empathic and everywhere I went, I felt things and I'd come home feeling very different than when I left uh, because I was just picking up on everybody else's energy, but I didn't really understand it. So now if I'm going to be out in a crowd, I'll wear a mirror necklace and even wearing it under my t-shirt or wherever I've got on, it still protects me. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing really. And there is a spot on my website, if anybody's interested where uh, there's a young girl who makes mirror necklaces for me 
for my company, I guess I should say. She makes mirror necklaces. Her website is holisticarts.net. For all of you empaths out there that have a hard time functioning in the world, I definitely recommend getting a mirror necklace. And she makes them pretty. They're not ugly. They're they're very attractive. And um, wearing them whenever you're going to go out into public. Or if there's somebody in your family that's hard to be around because of their energy. Wear that necklace. And it does. It works. It reflects it, it right back. It does. It just sends it right back. And so then it's kind of like your energy field is nice and clear. You know, like three feet out from your body. Nice and clear. What would be some ways... Because as sensitives, as empaths, as intuitives, having a clear space in our home. And we always suggest, you know, sage and, and smudge and, you know, hold tinkly bells and, you know, prayer, meditation. There's the, the checklist we can all go through. What is something that our listeners could do to protect their space or hold space or yeah. provide sanctuary for themselves and their families? Okay, mirrors, first of all, are going to help a lot if you have a neighbor that's really annoying hang a mirror so that their energy isn't going to come into your space. But you know what? Do Palo Santo. I'm so burned out on sage. Oh, I got if I smell sage one more time. I like Palo Santo. I like Florida water. And just to say to the universe or to God, okay, please clear my home. Please clear my bed, clear my bedroom. So that when we go to bed at night, if there's any energy in there that isn't good for us, like Even think about when you wake up in the morning and you've had a bad dream or an irritating dream, that energy can stay in your room. So just to simply say, God, please clear my bedroom and please clear my bed. And then you can run some Palo Santo or Sage or whatever it is that you like to use and keep it nice and clear. But always remember when you do that to have a window open so that the negative energy has some place to go. Yes, okay. don't forget that. Even in the winter, you got to crack the window. And you don't have to keep it open all day, but uh, it really helps to burn something and then open a window, ask God to clear it as much as possible. And uh, you can even just close the door and walk out of that room and let the universe do its magic. You know, currently I'm researching a book on intuitives who do work in their dreams. Do you have those experiences Uh, where you give readings or healings while you're sleeping? Yes, I do, honey. Yes, I do. And my teacher told me one time, she said, Echo, you do more healing work when you're sleeping than you do when you're awake. And I have these dreams. You guys, it was so interesting. I have this, I've had this reoccurring dream where I go to a building and I teach classes. And I mean, it's, It's so often that when I go, I used to teach on Tuesday nights. So when I would go to my center on Tuesday nights and I'd look at my psychic class and I'd say, okay, did I just teach you this? And they, they look at me and go, no. Oh, okay. So that was in my dream. Oh, okay. So this had gone on for a long time. And I went to, I was down at the Edgar Casey foundation doing a workshop and a psychic one of the psychics came over to me and she said, do you know that you have a teaching center on the other side? And I said, what? And she said, I think you know about it. You are teaching people on the other side how to develop their psychic abilities. And there was something odd about it. Like it felt kind of true, but my brain, my little Virgo brain said, oh, 
that's not right. I didn't really accept it, but it was kind of a thought in the back of my mind. And then one day I did, I did some past life regression. And while I was under hypnosis, I thought, I'm going to ask. So I shot over to the other side. And I just asked someone there, I said, do I have a teaching center there? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. Here, I'll take you to it. It was like, what? And I saw the building. You guys, I saw the building. <laughs> so, so, yes, I do teach and do healing work in my sleep. I saw the building. I, I, I just could not believe it. But so I bet you we're all doing this work at night when our bodies are sleeping. I think we are, but most of us are students. So that's really cool. I think it's Michael Tellinger who wrote about uh, his spiritual awakening and he talks, he called it his astral school. And he said there was a beautiful teacher who taught them each night. Maybe you were his teacher. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, Oh, you taught me the other night in my dreams about such and such. And you guys, I always just kind of blow it off like, oh, that's nice. You know, no, I'm just seeing me in a dream is just representative of a teacher. That's all. Now that we're even having this discussion, it's like, "Hmm, maybe. I think so. I'm going to sign up for your night school. (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent idea. If people want to sign up for your online develop, you have such a great psychic development package online. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, honey, it is. It's really sweet. It's, oh God, it's a series of videos that you watch of me teaching. And then every other week on Zoom, I talk to the students. They ask me questions. It's really nice. God, thank God for Zoom. Hasn't our lives changed Oh, wow, because of Zoom. So, honey, it's just really nice. It's a good way to reach people. I don't know what else to say. Well, about our it. students really sweet. rave about your courses. Oh, good. I'm so glad. You're definitely doing the work you came here to do. And I can't wait to read this newest book. And I'm so happy you've already said you'll come back on when it comes out to talk about it. We have to. I have to hang out with you two in a year, okay? No. So I. this has just been a, a huge treat. I've been reading and watching you since 2005, and now I've gotten to oh. meet Michael and you. I, I just can't tell you. Both of you guys, your work has just been so impactful in my development, and, and I'm just... I'm just so humbly honored that you came on the show. And I just, I hope that you continue. No, I know you're a regular, but that's what I love about you guys. You're both so down to earth and ethical and normal and, and incredibly talented. So I appreciate you you so much. And I'm so excited to hear what our listeners have to say for the, like the 1% who haven't heard of you and haven't checked out your book. I'm going to get some great feedback. Oh God, you're good for a girl. I'll tell you that. Um, Thank you, honey. Thank you, both of you. Oh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You too. And we will post in the show notes and on our Facebook page, all the links to Echo's YouTube stuff, her books, her website, echobodine.com. And in the meantime, we hope you guys have an inspired, intuitive week filled with lots of psychic insight. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.